1: Good afternoon and happy Monday after a crazy whirlwind of uh, of a week last week for IU football. We're talking about what had happened. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs, co-host T.J. Inman. will be along shortly. Uh, we'll give our reaction to Kevin Wilson's resignation. Uh, we'll talk to Matt Weaver from Pigs.com about uh, how it impacts recruiting. We'll talk about Tom Allen being promoted, and of course, we'll talk about uh, IU going to the Foster Farms Bowl to play uh, Utah on December 28th. Uh, now we welcome in T.J. Inman. T.J., how are you?
2: I am doing very well. Kind of cold right now. Uh, definitely is bowl season, and it feels like it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely bowl season. But first, before we get into that, I, I do want to catch up our listeners on uh, what happened last week uh, on yeah. – I believe it was Thursday, wasn't it, or Wednesday? One of those days. Yes, it I don't broke know. It uh, quickly. Thursday
2: around yeah Thursday around like
1: three three fifteen something like that. The, the bombshell dropped. Yeah, Thursday and... in the three o'clock hour, uh, we learned that uh, Kevin Wilson uh, was resigning from uh, Indiana University as their head football coach. Uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff going around about um, players being forced to play with injuries. Um, I believe there have been three players that have come out uh, to talk about that, and then there have been players that have come out and defended Kevin Wilson, uh, most notably guys like Jason Spriggs, Shane Wynn, uh, Richard Lego uh, from this year's team, Mitch Ewald, uh, and, and then uh, Shannon Griffith. Yeah, Cusaro. and then Shannon Griffith wrote a a, um, a, a wonderful story about Wilson, uh, who. Shannon Griffin is the father of Isaac Griffith who had a unfortunate accident down in Florida where he nearly drowned and and was in a, in a coma down in Florida. And he was saying how Wilson cared so much about his son that he would drive up from the Florida keys to visit him in the hospital multiple times, uh, and and so on and so forth. So, you know, it, it could be sour grapes on one side and something else on the other, but, um, for whatever it is, he left two and a half million dollars uh, or thereabouts on the table. Uh, so clearly, there was there was some something wrong. And and Fred Glass cited philosophical differences uh, with that. And, you know, it, it's you hear a lot of chatter during times like this, and uh, we'll see where it goes. And and IU hires Tom Allen as the permanent head coach at the same press conference in which they announced Kevin Wilson had resigned. Uh, so it, it was a busy, busy week. And then you have, of course, the bowl game. So what's your take on uh, Kevin Wilson's resignation and, and the hiring of Tom Allen, TJ?
2: Well, uh, it, it certainly um, certainly caught me off guard uh, on, on Thursday. Uh, you knew that it was not a... On the field performance issue, uh, because Indiana certainly would not make a move at coaching, uh, at the coaching position for back-to-back six-and-six six seasons. So you knew it was something else. Uh, it quickly found out that it it was uh, at at the absolute minimum. Uh, there were concerns over uh, Kevin Wilson's demeanor and behavior, I guess, towards. Uh, some players that were injured during his time at Indiana. Um, we know that Kevin Wilson came to Indiana from Oklahoma, and at the beginning of his head coaching tenure, uh, while he was trying to, to find his way as a head coach, uh, his behavior towards uh, some, of the, some of the people within the Indiana Athletic Department uh, and, and just the women's community at whole. Uh, got some criticism of being too gruff. Uh, and, and just, I guess, that the most simplest way to put it was he was being uh, kind of a jerk, kind of a hard-ass uh, towards some people within the community. Now, by all accounts, that improved quite a bit fairly quickly once he kind of uh, realized that you don't have to behave that way uh, to be a football coach. You don't have to behave that way. Or maybe it was strictly just he had a discussion with Fred Glass and, you know, decided, okay, I I, I need to, to stop behaving like that or I'm not going to have a job very long. Whatever the case, it appears, by all accounts, that that, that bad behavior, I guess, uh, kind of righted itself pretty quickly and, and he began to get uh, more well-liked. I don't think he was ever somebody that, you know, the majority of people just absolutely adored, but I, I think he was more well liked as, as time went on, uh, and kind of found himself and found, you know, how to uh, to behave and, and just, in simplest terms, not be a jerk. Uh, however, according to Fred Glass, in November of this season, some of that quote bad behavior uh, bubbled over once again, and I think that there were. Some, uh as we know now, there was an investigation uh, in 2015, Indiana Winfield Bowl game. The investigation determined that medical care was not compromised, which to me, that is very important. It does not appear that, according to the investigations by external law firm, uh, so this is not someone that was, you would hope, not someone, uh, not a law firm that was just trying to cover Indiana's, you know, cover Indiana's backside, uh, medical care was not compromised in in any situations. That doesn't mean it didn't happen, but according to these reports, uh, in the investigations, medical care was not compromised. So for me, that's very important uh, that the players that were given medical care for injuries, it was not compromised. Now, there, there have... There's been at least one article that's come out that, that would suggest maybe otherwise that that a player was was rushed back from an injury, uh, a back injury, and and um, had still is still having complications from that. But I think that the large crux of the issue is Glass and Kevin Wilson had continued to have, I guess. As Fred Glass said, philosophical differences, which to me, I read between the lines, and I say, uh, as Fred Glass was, you can quote him in the press conference, demanding without being demeaning, and I think that in Fred Glass's eyes, Kevin Wilson too often went to a place of demeaning players, and in this case, I suppose we can say it was injured players, uh, kind of maybe he thought that those are motivational tactics to get them to work harder in rehab or or however you want to do. We cannot put ourselves into situations we were not at. It is turning into a kind of a he said, he said with uh, different factions, I guess, within former players. Um, But it it appears that Fred Glass believed Kevin Wilson went to a place of demeaning, uh, whereas uh, he is more of a positive leadership kind of guy. Uh, And we've heard Tom Crane say the same thing, be demanding without being demeaning. So I think it's obvious that's something within the athletic department that's talked about. Um, I think overall for the program, it's very important to look at the positives that Kevin Wilson did accomplish here. There's a lot of people and a lot of players that, that really feel like they owe a lot to Kevin Wilson and that he did a lot for their football careers and for themselves as developing as, as young men. Um, I think it's very important to look at that. I will remember Kevin Wilson's time at Indiana fondly. Uh, the, the offenses with Kevin Coleman and Jordan Howard and Nate Sudfeld, uh, those are going to be, you know, some of the best offenses that we ever see at Indiana. Uh, and, and, and this year seeing – seen the defense improve as it did, and Indiana finding a way to get to six wins despite often not playing its best. I'll remember that fondly as well. However, you do have to counterbalance that with the negatives, which were at at times, you know, he was uh, unnecessarily uh, harsh with with media and and at press conferences. I thought that he um, if if these reports are true, which it appears that it, you know, there is some, uh, I would say, maybe not a smoking gun incident per se, but uh, a large, maybe a, a handful of incidents that if if there's nothing there, if these are all just made up then there's no way Kevin Wilson resigned. So there is some, uh, some behavior you don't want to see. You don't want to have players forced back from injury. So I think that there's kind of two sides to the coin. And for Indiana football as a whole, I know that some people would would have liked to have a a, a national search done. Um, I was perfectly fine with promoting Tom Allen as the head coach. I think he deserves this opportunity. And I think this could, as we'll discuss, uh, you know, further on, I think this could end up being a net positive for Indiana football if Tom Allen uh, can keep the offense humming along at a, somewhat comparable pace to what it has been. And let's not kid ourselves, this year's offense was not good. It was, it was fine, but it wasn't good, and it certainly wasn't great. So if Indiana's offense can kind of return somewhat to form uh, to what we saw somewhere in between 2015 and 2016, uh, then I think this could end up being a, a very good hire for Indiana football. And I have absolutely no problem with them immediately naming Tom Allen the head coach uh, and I, I I hope that the current team uh, is not kind of divided over what happened. I, I know that a lot of guys are going to be disappointed uh, with, the, with Kevin Wilson leaving abruptly, and I certainly understand that, and it appears that a lot of former players and a lot of current players uh, did not have a problem with Kevin Wilson. So I don't think this was some... Uh, you know, every player felt mistreated, or or Kevin Wilson was consistently, you know, a, a demeaning force towards the Indiana players. But it's clear that there were a few too many incidents than there should have been, and it ultimately led to uh, led to his tenure ending ending at Indiana. Some good, some bad, and and I I think a lot right now it it appears that the negative is mostly what's getting covered. Uh, And I I don't think that's entirely fair towards what he's accomplished in Indiana, but for me, it's excitement for Tom Allen. uh, And I'll, I'll remember Kevin Wilson's tenure in Indiana, uh, largely positively.
1: Yeah. And and to me, it's, you know, I'm hearing a lot in the background more about how he's treated support staff, um, and, you know, administrators and, and things like that. And, those things, as Fred Glass said, there was no smoking gun. Uh, there was no singular event uh, that precipitated the change, but those things add up. And then you have these three players who it looks like are Nick um, Larry Smith, and, and Dom Booth. And it's it all three guys look like they have an axe to grind, and uh, whether or not they were mistreated. Um, or things like that. Uh, who you know, we don't we don't know. We didn't see anything um, at practice. Right. I I know that in the Indy Star article, they there there's a medical tent uh, that's outside for for injured players to to work through. But the thing to me that stands out is that all year fans have been complaining about how long IU players take to get back from injury, and and things like that. You know, like, Dan Feeney took four weeks to come back from a a concussion, and I can't tell you how many times we've gotten tweets, texts, emails, hey, when's Dan Feeney coming back? What's up with Dan Feeney? Is this more than a concussion? You know, things like that. Yeah, we
2: wondered. We wondered ourselves.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, who who knows uh, what actually went on? Um, You know, I feel bad for those three players. If they're, you know, they, those injuries – Prevent them from from playing football. Don Booth is never cleared by IU to play again. He was cleared by an outside doctor, so it wasn't you know something's not right there. If you're forcing him to play, why is he not cleared by an IU doctor? Um, and, and he wants to play and, and things like that, and and he's looking to transfer um, in the spring as well. Uh, so you know something wasn't wasn't right there, and I don't think it's all on player mistreatment now you know could that have been an issue where he was barking at players you know calling them names and whatnot for for not playing and did that rub people the wrong way probably um yeah but you know i don't think he was you know another thing is you know one of the players said he was forced to run six miles after going through concussion protocol when in football are you running six miles um, you know, I, yeah. if you're running six miles, you're either something's wrong or you're, you're you know, there's clearly something wrong. Because if you're running for six miles and some team's scoring 100 touchdowns um, or, you know, something's wrong. Um, but, yeah. you know, who who knows? Uh, we're going to move on from it uh, unless something bigger comes out. And we're going to get Matt Weaver on here um, in a few minutes to talk right. about uh, recruiting yep. the impact that Tom Allen will be recruiting uh, will one, have one on thing real quick. So, one
2: thing real quick. Uh, just because of the timing of this, and I, I in case people did not see this, because there was a flurry of news that came out, uh, Xander Diamont was not one of the players who was alleging mistreatment. Uh, yes, he is stepping away from football due to a concern about concussions, but he came out with a statement uh, saying he knew nothing about it and that he never felt mistreated or rushed back from any injuries at all from the IU, uh, IU staff or Kevin Wilson in particular. Um, so Xander Diamant, uh, you know, the timing of it was was ironic, uh, but Xander Diamant was not one of the players – that alleged mistreatment and in fact came out uh, and said he never felt at all mistreated or rushed back from injury. So I just wanted to point that out because I,
1: I did get a couple of questions about it. And yes, the timing was ironic, but uh, totally. Yeah, unrelated. And then it goes hand in hand with Wilson's comments after the Purdue game where he said, uh, you know, he, he, I think he asked if, you know, asked if Xander was going to, you know, Hey, are you having second thoughts about coming back and stuff like that? But, That was way before Xander even mentioned that it was a concussion issue and that he needed his brain. But uh, right now, let's bring in Matt Weaver from com to talk a little uh, recruiting. Uh, Matt, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you guys? Doing doing excellent. Um, So, Matt, uh, lots of changes going around with IU football today. Uh, Well, last week how is this going to have an impact on, on recruiting? It seems like the recruits have tweeted, uh, have tweeted out their support for coach Allen uh, and the, the current staff. Well, I mean, so far
3: it doesn't look like um, there's any commits that um, are really wavering. I mean, there's probably a few that maybe have some questions or kind of, you maybe a little bit confused, but I think for the most part, I'm hearing that the class is still committed. i um, still pretty solidly committed. Um, you know, how it changes recruiting, it obviously changes basically – the big change is how the coaches go out because now Tom Allen is the head coach and the head coach is only allowed to do, if I'm not mistaken, one in-home per recruit, whereas uh, an assistant coach can do one in-home per week. So he can go see a guy, you know, two, three weeks in a row and do an in-home, whereas as a head coach he can only go one time overall. So they got to kind of juggle the schedule a little bit to kind of change that. Um, and then you have Sean Watson, who's out on the road recruiting. He was a quality control coach, and he's taken over a quarterback uh, coach duties, you know, leading up to the bowl game. Um, he's out on the ro- road recruiting. And actually him and um, Coach Johns went down to Texas last night and saw a, a receiver, Bo Corrales, um, who I think is supposed to be visiting next week, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So the biggest change really is just kind of doing the schedule and kind of getting all that stuff lined up. But, as far as the targets, I don't think that'll change much. And, and, you know, you hope that the commitment class doesn't change much as far as any guys, uh, jump and ship.
2: Matt, this, just the class being largely, uh, largely of a defensive nature so far, do you think that that has something, I mean, it's kind of a fortunate thing, but do you think that it has something to do with uh, the class really having no doubts that, yeah, I kind of committed to Tom Allen and Mark Hagan and, and the defensive guys, and and they're still going to be there, clearly. So do you think that is playing a role in kind of the seamless transition recruiting-wise?
3: Yeah, I think it definitely helps. I mean, Tom Allen, obviously he didn't come in until, you know, what, back in, I think, January, mid-January. So um, he's relatively new. But still, he was, um, you know, obviously heavily involved in recruiting all these defensive guys, him and Coach Hagan, who came in around the same time, um, and, you know, a number of the – uh, defensive, uh, what, what uh, seven of them I believe are are um, uh, D line commits of the nine that they have of their total of fifteen. So, um, you know, I think that that is definitely a uh, you know very beneficial thing and definitely helps uh, you know keep those guys on board because that they, that's who they're committing to. The way Kevin Wilson that set up, he was basically the head coach of the offense and the D coordinators, the kind of head coach of the defense,
1: and for those guys, that's not really changing. What going forward, um, you know, Matt? They, they have 15 commits. Uh, are you looking at one? Uh, how many total commits are they looking to taking? And two, uh, what else do they need in this class? We we were we've been talking um, amongst you know ourselves at Hoosier Huddle, and then you know uh, with with fans that they probably are going to need a linebacker, uh, maybe a quarterback, a defensive back, and and a running back. What are uh, some of the other needs in this class if any well I think um, you know they're at 15
3: really it's 16 because you got to count Ryan Smith who signed in uh, back in February the 2016 class but he's basically gray shirting so he kind of he jumps forward to this class so I think it's going to be close to a full class if not a full class so if you assume they got 25 spots uh, or 25 signees coming in you got nine spots left you know, defensively, you know, they still want – they still like to get Bobby Roundtree, the D-end, um, from out of down in Largo, Florida, where they've had a lot of success recruiting. Um, probably a couple linebackers. Um, and then, uh, you know, one or two – I'm guessing probably two corners. So there's five right there. You know, they want to get a quarterback. Um, I think they're done on the O-line. I think they're done at tight end. Um, so you get a quarterback, uh, a couple receivers – and a running back that puts you at nine more guys. So that's kind of how I see it. I mean, offense, with Xander leaving, you know, I think they need to get a quarterback. I think that really maybe didn't need it before, but now I think you kind of have to get a quarterback, and then, you know, you'd like to get a running back. You don't lose anybody, um, and maybe the safe bet is Camion goes back there next year, but you're going to have a couple seniors in Camion and Divine Dev, if that happens. Um, so you want to start kind of playing for the future. And then receiver, you're losing a couple guys. Um, so – you know like to get a couple receivers and then um like I said another d end couple linebackers couple corners
1: Matt let's switch it to to Kevin Wilson leaving what what are your thoughts on on how he left what does it mean for this program that Tom Allen's going to take over Well I mean I you know I don't think
3: anything like this is ever ideal I think as splits go, um, and let's you know, for lack of a better word, divorces go. This is probably about as amicable as it, as you could get. Um, you know, I, I I caught a little bit of what you guys were talking about. I don't completely buy the uh, the injury reason. I think there was more stuff to it. Um, but obviously that wasn't that was an issue um, and a concern. I'm um, going back to I think 2015 with uh, you know Caravano and and the Dom, Dominic Booth situation. Um, you know, it's just it's a tough deal. I think, I think uh, to, you know, having Tom Allen on staff, um, you know, I'm not saying they made a decision because of that, but it makes it a lot easier to make this decision. I mean, if it's a year ago, there's really no head coach in waiting on the staff, in my opinion. So, you know, you might still make the decision if you're in that position, but you're probably going to have to go out and do a national search. Um, I think it gives them the... The most seamless transition. I mean, it's not totally uh, without its without its you know bumps in the road. But if you can keep keep most of the staff together, you keep the commitments together. I think it keeps the program basically head on the same path it was. If you start over with a new coach, more than likely you're getting a mid major guy, and to me you're setting the program back a couple of years because this class is basically going to be junk. The 2018 class would probably be mediocre at best, and so you have two bad classes which would show up in three or four years on the field. I think this is the best chance to keep the program headed on the trajectory it was going. You know, it's not ideal, obviously, but, you know, I think Tom Allen's got a chance be a, to be a good head coach. He's got everything you're looking for. He just doesn't have the experience, but, you know, neither did Kevin Wilson. So it's going to be an interesting interesting time, especially the next month. I'll be interested to see what happens with the staff after after the bowl game and maybe even after signing day, um, if there's any changes, any tweaks to it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if there are, but we'll have to kind of wait and see.
1: Yeah, that, that's been a, a popular question. Go ahead, DJ. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm I'm curious how I mean, we 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 cannot kind of have any idea really what uh, how recruits are going to view the offensive side of the ball because you know Kevin Wilson was so synonymous with the Indiana offense, and um, I know that there were quite a few concerns from Indiana fans about you know well. Why aren't we getting that kind of blue-chip or even close-to-blue-chip quarterback in here? So you kind of wonder, well, was, was that something with the coaching staff and will a change in the offensive staff kind of uh, allow us to, to get that, that name quarterback? But I think for me the biggest question uh, in recruiting is how big of a can can it have in-state? Uh, I think that the 2017 class looks pretty strong in state for Indiana, and I think Tom Allen for me deserves a lot of credit for that. And I've I've heard from a couple of different uh, area Indy area high school coaches that uh, they they really love Tom Allen and and would feel very good about sending their players to a program led by him. Uh, what kind of impact do you think it can have? In state to have Tom Allen as the head coach at IU.
3: Well, like you said, I don't. I I think it can only help it. I mean, they've done really well in state this year. Last year, obviously, they struggled. I think they only got two guys. You know, to me, that was a lot. A lot of that was attributed to kind of the uncertainty because you have to remember when they were recruiting those guys. You know, people were wondering what was going to happen with Kevin Wilson. The contract. He didn't have the new contract yet. Um, What the one thing this staff has not done under Kevin Wilson in-state is they haven't really been able to get one of those top two or three guys, one of those four or five-star, well, they've gotten four-star, but like a a five-star, like a, you know, they did have Gunnar Keel for a while, but that didn't pan out, like a Hunter Johnson or a Brandon Peters or one of these kind of marquee guys where you beat out Ohio State or Notre Dame or Michigan or somebody like that. Now they did it a few years ago with, you know, uh, David Kenny and Antonio Allen and, Darius Latham class, obviously that was a monumental disaster when you look <laughs> back on it. But um, they still did get some good guys. But to me, that's what I'm interested to in see. going forward, um, can, you, can you nab one of those, you know, top-tier guys and beat out a big-time program? Um, you know, and it's really hard in the last couple of years at quarterback, as you said, because they've had two really good ones in back-to-back years. And really, I mean, they were close with Brandon Peters. Hunter Johnson, I don't know it ever got that far down the road, but Brandon Peters, you know, I think they were, the thing I've heard is they were the second choice. But, you know, it's, at some point you got to stop being the bridesmaid and be the bride. you got to get somebody.
2: Yeah, what, Do you think that this staff has a, well, I, I guess, is it fair to say that we don't know uh, how recruits are going to view this staff because we don't know what the offensive side is quite going to look like? We don't know about Kevin John's future. We don't know. Uh, if Sean Watson is going to be, it appears to me that, you know, moving him into the quarterbacks coach would indicate he's going to be a part of the staff in some capacity uh, after the bowl game. But uh, so I guess first question is, is it fair to say we don't know uh, how recruits are going to view the offensive side so that there might be a while before we get another offensive commit as they kind of wait and see. Uh, And then question two is, if, we can kind of gauge how recruits might view a change or just say, I like Tom Allen in general. Uh, Do you think this staff will start to be able to, to land, you know, some of those top guys in state that are on the offensive side of the ball that so far are choosing, you know, usually Michigan or Notre Dame or or Ohio state. uh, And I guess Clemson in, in the case of Hunter Johnson as well. So I guess kind of twofold there. Uh, for how you see the offensive side, offensive side shaking out, recruiting-wise.
3: Well, the first question—that's um, uh, something I haven't. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to try to get a hold of Tyler Knight because he visited this weekend um, and took his official this weekend, and he is an early enrollee. But I, you know, one of the things I want to ask him is what was the message from Tom Allen um, yeah. about the offensive side? You know, more specifically, your your position coach, Greg Fye, who's extremely popular. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, with, he does a great job recruiting, no alignment, and he, he's a popular guy with with his recruits. Um, and then just kind of, you know, the offense in general. You know, I don't know how much they told him, how much he's allowed to talk about, but you know, I'm going to see. And then, I, you know, I'm going to try to get a hold of Bo Corrales, um, who I said, like I said earlier, um, Sean Watson and Kevin Johns went down to see uh, last night, and you know, that kind of tells you what they think about him because uh, you know, their first night out, they go down to see him, so he's obviously a guy that they're they're really targeting. I mean, his. His senior film is outstanding. His stats were phenomenal. Um, he's down in Texas, so you know he's playing good competition. I've messaged with his dad a little bit. He really, really likes Indiana. He'd prefer, in an ideal world, I think he'd like to play closer to Texas, but he loves Indiana, and I think they got a great shot to land him. Um, but to me, that was before when I was messaging him. That was when there was the staff hadn't had this change. So we'll see how yeah. it is after this. But that's one of the questions I'm going to ask is, you know have what kind of feedback have you gotten because you're going to have to get tell these guys something it's going to have I'm sure there's a plan in place I just don't know what it is right now and then the second question that's one of the interesting questions or thanks for me is can Tom Allen um do what Indiana hasn't done for the most part, and that's NAB, one of the, you know, like the number one player in the state. The number one player in the state of Indiana is usually a guy that's good enough to play almost anywhere in the country. Um, that may, may not be the case every single year, but lately it has been. And usually you have, you know, maybe a couple more of those guys. Can they, you know, they've gotten kind of that four to five on down range as far as the rankings in Indiana. Can they get one, two, or three? Um, and yeah. with Tom Allen and his connections, I think they got a good shot. Now, a lot of it's going to, you know, you need to kind of, do it on the field too and show players want to see that the programs continue to move the right direction. But, you know, I think Allen – and nothing against Kevin Wilson. He was a good recruiter. I mean, Indiana's recruiting is as good as it's been ever under Kevin Wilson. Um, But for whatever reason, and I still – I'm not sure I can put my finger on it. They just struggled at quarterback – um, and that's nothing against Austin King or Peyton Ramsey or even Richard Lego, but they always were kind of going down the recruiting board. These were kind of like their second or third choices instead of getting their first choice. And it's really the only position that I can think of where they never got their first choice it, pretty much the entire time they were recruiting, you know, the different positions. So uh, I, the second part to me is kind of wait and see. I, I like their chances, but we'll have to kind of see how how it shakes out and you know what the what the. Kind of play it is with the staff going forward and the way they recruit
1: Matt um, there was some breaking news today out of uh, Purdue with Jeff Brom being named head coach. Uh, you know a lot of i u fans are, are feeling a little bit uneasy that now purdue has has passed us up on you know a, a quality of coach maybe was there any issue did you have any issue with uh Fred Glass? not conducting a a search or was this a a little bit of IU was too late to the party um, in terms of starting a coaching search that may have just landed on Tom Allen anyway? Um, No, I mean, listen,
3: was there a part of me that was like, well, let's, you know, because of where the program's at as compared to where it was six years ago, um, was there a part of me that said, you know, it'd be interesting to see what kind of names you could get if you open it up? Sure, but as i said earlier, you know I think if you let, let's be honest i mean what's what's you know Indiana's paying their the contract for Kevin Wilson was about fifteen million, I think for six years, so roughly two and a half million the I could see the, to me the most they would go is three million a year there i I don't see them going over that and probably. If they would open a national search, maybe you go two seven five two eight. You're still going for a guy where it's a bit of a gamble. You're going to go for kind of the mid major or maybe a coordinator type, and there's risk involved. So my thing is, I think you if you by hiring Tom Allen, you've minim, minimized some of that risk because you've got the staff in place, you got him in place, um, you kind of know what you got as far as how he deals with people, how he works, you know what he's done. Um, so I, to me, I, I didn't have a big problem with it. I know I'm sure there are fans that do, but you know, I mean, until unless Indiana was going to pony up four or five million, which is not going to happen because they're not going to pay their football coach more than their basketball coach. That's just that's not going to happen. Um, you know, you're going to be you're going to be playing that game, and like you said, you're you're quite a bit behind. I mean, Purdue's had what a couple a month or so at least. I'm trying to think when they fired Hazel. It's been a while. if not two months.
1: Mid no, October.
3: Okay, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're way behind them, and that's who you're going to be competing with. You're going to be competing with them, and, you know, Cincinnati, um, Tuberville resigned, but I would guess that Cincinnati has probably at least kind of had some names in mind because of the poor season mm-hmm. they had. So while they may not have actively started the search, they've probably got an idea of who they're going to go after. So I don't have a problem with the route Indiana took at all. I think, I think all things considered, I think it was, it was the right choice, and I think Tom Allen's going to do a good job. All right,
1: um thanks Matt for joining us uh today. Uh, we look forward to your coverage uh more let's uh talk a little bit about the bowl game. How important is it um for for this uh this team to go out to california play a game on national t v against the nineteenth ranked uh Utah team? Well, I think for the you know um you know
3: for the this this has probably been hardest on on this on the players this whole situation because, yeah. you know, they were they were close to Kevin Wilson. So I think, you know, not just the bowl game, but just getting back out on the practice field, which they started to do a little bit, um, it's probably kind of a little bit of um, almost like therapy for them. I mean, that's where they can go out and they can play football and they don't have to think about all the stuff. You know, they don't have the, the social media stuff hitting them up. So, you know, I, I think, I, you know, Two schools of thought of. Some people were like, "Well, this team could be flat." And all that. I think they're going to rally. I think they're going to, you know, if to me, I would be more worried if if Tom Allen would have been just kind of like a lame duck interim coach. Then I would have been more worried yep. about the team's mindset because then you're then as a player, you're 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 probably thinking as much about who's my next coach going to be. Is it going to be Tom Allen or is it going to be somebody else? As you are about the game, I think they know they know they obviously know who their coach is. Now they can focus on the game. Um, you know, I don't think offensively things are going to change much. I don't think you've completely, you know, overhaul what you've been doing for six plus or almost six years um, under Kevin Wilson. Kevin Johns has been there the whole time, so I think the offense maybe the maybe the play calling is a little different. You know, that that remains to be seen. Defensively, we know what they're going to do, um, so I don't think there's going to be a huge change in how they do things and. You know, I think, I mean, Utah's a tough matchup. They, they've got a solid squad, but I think it's a team that Indiana, they've played good teams. I mean, they're no better than Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State or Nebraska, in my opinion. Indiana played all yep. those teams toe-to-toe, and I expect them to do it when they go out to uh, California later this
1: month. All right. Thanks, Matt. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, have a wonderful rest of the Monday. And I, I think your golfing weather is uh, has passed. Well,
3: I I feel completely under the weather myself, so I'm not going to be doing anything today. Trying
1: to get a little bit of work done. All right, thanks, Matt. Thanks Thank you, guys. you very Take much, care. Matt. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, that was Matt Weaver from Pigs.com. Uh, TJ, so, some big takeaways, um, and, and I want to compare it to uh, Purdue hiring Brom. Is that IU had, had started their, we'll call it a coaching search, but um the new coaches are starting way higher than than purdue is uh in terms of yep. as matt said keeping the train rolling in the in the right direction uh so we'll see where it goes um t j you uh you wrote about utah today uh, just a, a preliminary uh forecast for the bowl game uh utah went eight and four five and five and four in, in the uh twelve uh they They kind of slid off at the end of the season. I think they lost three of the last four games. Uh, They lost to to Oregon, Colorado, uh, and a couple other teams. But this is a a very good team uh, with a great defensive line. Uh, You know, what else do we need to know about Utah?
2: Yeah, yeah. The Lost three of the last four is correct. Uh, You know, two of those losses, Washington and, and Colorado, Uh, certainly understandable. Those are both very good teams. Oregon, not a good team this year, and that was a home loss, which was really surprising for Utah uh, and I I think very disappointing. And that loss to Oregon, uh, I mean, they they had things on the line. You know, they were still alive for the Pac-12 South championship uh, if they could have won those final two games. And the loss to Oregon ended that and made their game against Colorado Uh, largely just playing for bowl position, uh, a win against Colorado in their season finale, and maybe they're in the Holiday Bowl or something like that. But, um, yeah, so they lost three of their last four. Uh, What jumps off the page to you right away uh, for this team is that defensive front. It's a ferocious pass rush. They're eighth in the country in sacks, uh, led by Hunter Dimmick, who is – I would compare him uh, kind of favorably to like a Carl – uh, Carl Nassib or Garrett Sickles, um, you know, just a, a really never ending motor uh, pass rusher that has 14 and a half sacks. That is second in the country, only a half sack behind the leaders. Um, he's he's really, really good. He could take over a game uh, just from a pressure standpoint if Indiana kind of allows him to. They do move him around some, uh, but you can't really double him too much because the rest of the line is really good too. Uh I it would be foolish of me to try and pronounce some of the names on this without doing quite a bit of studying up on it because they have, you know, quite a few uh Samoan Pacific Islander guys that uh that populate the pac twelve. Spelling nightmare very, Yeah, they, they uh if you'll remember Starlotulele, uh for Utah, he is his uh family member uh, is a, a junior they have uh two other seniors that that start up front for them so it''s a, it's a veteran defensive line that really sets the tone for their defense offensively uh, they have a backfield of williams troy williams is their quarterback uh not that one who 's your fans uh, this is a another troy williams that you know much like i version uh flashes brilliance at times but is also quite erratic uh i i think he he kind of does compare just in you know baseline evaluation to richard lego uh lego has more potential and has a better arm but they both you know show flashes of ability like hey this guy's really good and then they'll miss two or three throws where it's kind of like what what were you thinking you know what what's going on there where it's just you know you miss by five or six feet uh so uh, he's he's not complete. He's not very efficient. I think it's like 53% on the season completion rate. Uh, He is capable of throwing the deep ball. Um, They have a running back by the name of Joe Williams, who retired from football after the first two games of the season. Wasn't doing much. uh, Had less than 100 yards total in those first two games. Walked away from football for a few weeks. Uh, Utah's backfield got depleted with injuries. The coaches went back to him and asked him to come back to the team if if he would reconsider his position. And he kind of said, you know, I've been missing it. I had liked that opportunity. So he came back and kind of rattled off a tremendous stretch of games where he was uh, just on fire averaging, uh, I think he's 6.2 yards per carry on the season. uh, And he's he's over 1,100 yards now despite missing four games. So Joe Williams is, is kind of the bell cow of their offense. Uh, They do not have a ton behind him at running back because of some injuries. He is a senior, so this is going to be his last game at Utah. Uh, He'll have a shot in the NFL if he wants to take it. I don't know how he feels about football since he walked away from it. But uh, they'll lean on him on offense. He'll get 25 to 30 carries uh, on the 28th of December against Indiana. Now, I used played really good running backs before, uh, and they've done pretty well this year against them. the goal for Indiana's defense, before we get too deep into this game, just the the, the bare-bones goal for Indiana is force this offense into third and long situations and make Troy Williams beat you. Uh, that's going to be what they do. They don't have a great receiving core. They're okay. Uh, they have a, a receiver, Tim Patrick, that that is their best. But, I mean, you know, he's just over 600 yards and hasn't scored since September. So um, they don't have a great group of receivers. They're not, uh, it's not a position group that's going to scare you. Uh, Troy Williams, erratic. Like I said, he's inconsistent, inefficient, capable of having very good games. But I mean, his last one against Colorado was dreadful. He was 13 of 40 uh, for like 100 and something yards with a touchdown and two picks. So stop Joe Williams, who's a very good running back. He'll be up there with the best Indiana's play at running back this year. Saquon Barkley's better, but uh, other than that, he, he's right up there, capable of breaking off the big play. Uh, he won't hurt you out of the backfield catching, so it's pretty much hand off to Troy Williams or to uh, to Joe Williams in a pro style type offense, and uh, and they'll they'll go from there. It's kind of a spread spread look, but they they operate as kind of a pro style with, with their running game. Uh, slow that down, force them into passing. And then on offense for Indiana, I, I think they'll need to rely on, uh, you know, you, the way to beat Utah is to kind of take their, their defensive front out of the game with quick passes, uh, you know, quick slams, uh, quick dropbacks that do not allow that pass rush to affect the game. Uh, Indiana has not ton of that this season, and they have not really been able to control the line of scrimmage as you would hope. So uh it's gonna be a big task for the offensive line and a and a big task for, for play caller Kevin Johns to figure out how to kinda of neutralize one of the best defensive lines in the country. So I I think it's a very interesting matchup just you know, off the just off the pace the first couple of days seeing it, Utah favored uh, right now by about nine points, I think, and most advanced stat models have it somewhere between seven and ten points for Utah. Um, this is certainly not an overwhelming opponent, but uh, Utah understandably the favorite in this matchup, and I I am looking forward to seeing how they come out motivation-wise. They're 9-1 and in bowl games under Kyle Whittingham, who took over when Urban Meyer went to Florida, so he's been there for 12 years. And in the ten games that they've gone to bowls, he's nine and one. So uh, he clearly knows how to do it. But motivation will be a bit of a factor playing Indiana, who I can't imagine their fans have too much respect for. Um, and then you know they they are just you know a couple of short weeks away from feeling like they had a very legitimate chance at the Rose Bowl if they could win out, and then they lose those two games and find themselves in the Foster Farms Bowl. So. Motivation will be a bit of a concern for them. I think Indiana's gonna go out there and play very hard. I don't know how well they're gonna play play because it's impossible to tell, you know, with with this you know, massive change of coaching and uh and just so much time off. But I think Indiana's gonna be fresh, you know, after playing ten straight weeks and I think that they'll I think they'll put together a, a very tough, hard nosed performance under Tom Allen. I think they'll play very hard for him in his first game and uh I think that's gonna be kind of the, the tenor of his, his however long his career is at Indiana. I think his teams are always gonna play hard for him uh, and he's gonna have guys that love him because he loves them and I think that's kind of the message we've taken from Tom Allen so far in his time in Indiana. But as far as Utah goes, I I do wonder if the Utes will come out with the and match the fire that Indiana's gonna play with. Uh, I think that this game yeah, and will and mean more. I think it'll mean more for the Hoosiers than it will for the Utes, but Utah understandably a favorite. We'll have a ton more uh preview coverage on this. We'll analyze this game to death, but um I I'm excited for the matchup. I think it'll it'll look cool on T V. Uh Utah's got some got some cool red and black uniforms. Indiana's got the red and white, so combinations will look nice and hopefully the weather will be will be nice in, in California and Make it worth the trip for Hoosier fans.
1: Yeah, and, and another thing, if Hoosier fans want to watch uh, some Utah games, um, you know, so, some people ha- haven't been able to watch Pac-12 after dark. You could go to Pac-12 networks. They have an app. Um, it's free. If it's like B- BTN to go, uh, they have all the games in the sixty-minute form, like um, like. Big Ten football and sixty on there uh, it's a great way uh, to watch you know what Utah is. I've watched you know one or two of the games so far and um, it's a good way to to get to know that opponent. I'm looking forward to the trip out to uh, Santa Clara uh, I, I'm not expecting a ton of IU fans or uh, no. it's just such an expensive trip it's so far. Uh, If you are going, I I suggest flying into San Jose, staying in a hotel in San Jose. It's about an hour south of San Francisco. It's closer to Santa Clara. Um, It's closer to the stadium, and it's just generally cheaper. Uh, I know I've seen a lot of these uh, travel packages which have hotels in San Francisco, and they're close to $4,000. It it will be an expensive trip, but I I would suggest – uh, looking down south in in the San Jose area uh, for your hotels, it's closer to the stadium. It's cheaper. I, I think it you know it might not be as fun as San Francisco or as interesting as San Francisco, but it it will sa- save you a, a little bit of money. And then there apparently there is a um, you know a commuter train that goes up to San Francisco, uh, so you could go visit the uh, San Francisco area, the Bay Area. All that stuff, but I, I'm looking forward to it. I, it's a, a matchup we haven't uh, seen all that much. Uh, Utah last played Indiana uh, in 2002. They played three games all the time. Uh, Indiana is behind in that series, uh, two to one. Uh, but it, it's a matchup that you know we don't get to see that often in in any of the sports that IU plays, and yep. it'll be a. Uh, it should help recruiting on the West Coast, as, as it'll give uh, some some viewers uh, some eyeballs on that game. The game kicks off at eight thirty on Fox. Um, it, you know, th- there's a little overlap with IU. I think they play Nebraska in uh, basketball that evening. Uh, there's a slight... I think
2: they're gonna. I think they're gonna bump that game up. I would. I would. I would bet quite a bit that they end up bumping the Nebraska game up to like
1: five. Yeah, well, Let's, if they we'll don't see. bump I mean, it we'll up, see. there's about a half an hour overlap, so um, that'll probably put you in the middle of the first quarter, the way college football games move. Uh, but it, it's a big day for IU, and uh, we'll have all your coverage on uh, HoosierHuddle.com. TJ, uh, thanks for joining us on this chilly Monday, and uh, we'll get you back inside.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I yeah, yeah. Uh, appreciate uh, appreciate everybody that's listening to us. I know it was a, a bit of a crazy ending of last week, and uh, I do think that Indiana football is still very much on solid footing with uh, with a good leader at the helm. And I'm excited for for the bowl game and for for the off season to, to start seeing what uh, what the Tom Allen led program looks like. And I know he's excited to to lead it. It means a lot to him. Uh, to be the head coach at IU, you can really tell that, and I think it'll show on the field.
1: Definitely. Uh, so, thanks for uh, joining us for the podcast. Come back to HoosierHuddle.com dot com often. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, we'll have all your bowl coverage, uh, regular bowl, uh, regular game day coverage, or game week coverage, uh, and then any updates on recruiting. Um, any other bombshell news that might come out and and things like that. Also uh, Christmas and holiday season is upon us. We still have our Amazon ads up on the, uh, on the website right now. We changed it from uh, on the rebound to uh, the new IU football jersey with the candy stripe sleeves. So, you know, if you're looking for good Christmas gifts and you look on Amazon, uh, please help us out. Uh, It helps, Uh, with expenses uh, of running the site. It's not free to run, uh, but we want to keep it free to you, the fans, and you can help us out a lot by doing your holiday shopping on Amazon.com through our uh, link on our site, and uh, we appreciate the support. We've had uh, a handful of people already order through there, so uh, thank you to them, and we'll be back uh, with a more in-depth preview on Uh, on Utah and uh, on recruiting as as we move forward.
4: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. (gasps) Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip.